welcome to the Park Road Podcast for May 5th, 2019. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Monty Bennett, Director of Music at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, A New Attitude. If I was delivering a sermon at the synagogue, I would greet you with Shabbat Shalom, but being that today is actually the first day of the week, I'm going to greet you with Shavua Tov, which means good week. So you can respond back, Shavua Tov. In her famous song, Patti LaBelle sings that she's feeling good from her head down to her toes, she knows where she's going and she knows what she's going to do, she's tidied up her point of view because she's got a new attitude. You can sing along if you want. <laughs> while, while Patty is talking about taking on a new frame of mind or a new uh, fresh perspective on life, I argue that we should all have the same new attitude because of the love our God shows each and every day. Through, as Al Green sings, through the good and bad, happy or sad. The German biblical scholar Hermann Gunkel wrote two books on the book of Psalms. He categorizes them into five primary types. First are hymns, songs of praise for God's work in creation. Two, communal laments, which are following some sort of natural disaster. Royal psalms, which talk about something that was a celebration for the king, either a coronation, a marriage, or even a couple of psalms which talk about God returning as the king of Israel. Individual laments, which are the most common type of psalm, where the writer laments something that has befallen them, or the fifth type are individual thanksgiving psalms, where the writer praises God for delivering them through some sort of trial and tribulation. While the psalms are usually attributed to David, history shows us that their origin most likely spans over several hundred or more years, only being compiled into the current form sometime during the Second Temple era. In fact, St. Augustine said, The sequence of the Psalms seems to me to contain the secret of a mighty mystery, but its meaning has not been revealed to me. The Leviim, the Levites, were in charge of leading the music at the ancient temple. So it seems only fitting that I, Park Road's Jewish director of music, speak on Psalms because my family on both sides are actually Levies. A person's tribe is passed down, that's either the Kohen or the Levi, the two priestly tribes, or the Israelites, everyone else, are passed down through the father's line, while a person's Jewishness is passed down through the mother. So both my mother's family and my father's family are Levies, so perhaps I feel a deeper connection because it was my ancient ancestors who were leading the choir and orchestra for temple worship. So let's look uh, briefly at Psalm 30. So just as in the church, there are psalms that are recited on certain days. So we have certain psalms that we recite every day, either in the morning prayers, on Shabbat, or on festivals. Psalm 30 is used in the Pesuke de Zimra, the opening songs of praise, which was recited in the Chakras service, which is the first morning service of um, every Shabbos morning. Rabbi Avraham Berliner has written that the introduction to this psalm into the liturgy dates from the 17th century. 
In the Sephardic tradition, which is the North African, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, Mediterranean um, tradition, it became customary to only recite Psalm 30 in the morning prayers on Hanukkah. Rabbi Berliner claims that due to some bad editing of Sidorim, the prayer book, the psalm was inserted without the instruction for use only on Hanukkah, so it began to be used on all Shabbatot every Sabbath morning. As Rabbi Avi Bamol wrote in his article Tehillim, the Book of Psalms, after all, the Pesuke de Zimra, the songs of praise, include many psalms which praise God. Why not include this song of David there? The superscript on the psalm is Mizmor Shir Chanukat Chabait Le David, a psalm, a song for the dedication of the house of David. It's at face value a direct link to the dedication of the temple. There's a medieval midrash, which is like a parable, it's some sort of story to get at a truth, that says that the reason, reason it is called both a psalm and a song relates to the dedication of the two temples. How the psalm is titled presents even more of a problem because in the earliest examples of this, the words are adjacent to the psalm, not written as a superscript, which leads some scholars to believe that eventually got um, that the notes were added in the margin and the title eventually got absorbed into the, the title of the psalm. No scholars can agree whether or not this eventually, uh, if, if this psalm was written by David for use by David or if it was even for the dedication of the temple. The events leading to the festival Hanukkah actually took place several centuries after the dedication of the temple. Medieval rabbi, Spanish rabbi Avraham Ibn Ezra quotes a Rabbi Moshe, which is most likely his father, to say that the psalm reflects David's sadness and his mourning at the news that he would be unable to build the house of God. But he found joy upon hearing that his son Solomon would indeed build it. David was dealing with severe illness and ultimately was able to build his own home. Could this be the way to praise God for healing? Medieval rabbi David Kimhi, known as the Radak, explains, David composed the psalm with the knowledge that his sons building the temple would close a chapter of darkness in David's life at a time when he felt at the nadir of his spiritual career. David includes the message of health as a reference to his being redeemed from his sin, and the son who emerged from his union would be the true heir and the holy one to build the house of God. The Midrash further explains that thinking something is the same as doing it yourself and that you get part of the credit. So, because David wanted to build the temple but was not able to do so, he was rewarded by having the psalm titled with a reference to that event. This psalm deals with the ups and downs of life more than any historical facts. Rabbi Bamol further writes, we must acknowledge that the song is not about a house, nor about any physical building, but rather the emotions, feelings, and movements of the soul towards and away from God. And that is how I want to shift our focus. Rabbi Meyer Labush Malbim explains that the whole psalm is about gratitude for recovery. Chabayit does not refer to a physical building, but to our own beings. Rabbi Menachem Creditor says that it is our safe space. In Jewish thought, there are always levels of exposition, like layers of an onion. We peel back layer by layer, looking at each level from what seems to be the obvious until we have gotten to the kernel of truth. 
So the psalm begins, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you have raised me up, and you have not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. If we think about this text referring to ourselves in a safe space, we can thank God for protection. God did not allow anyone or anything to prevail against us. God's arms enfold and protect us. O Lord, I have cried out to you, and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought my soul from the grave. You have revived me from my descent into the pit. The word translated into English as pit is the Hebrew word, word Sheol, which is the netherworld. It's often translated as hell, but it's not a place of eternal fire and damnation. It's a place where all the dead go, awaiting resurrection, much more akin to the Catholic notion of purgatory. In ancient writings, it also referred to a common grave for a whole tribe or community, or even on a smaller version, just for a family. Looking at this through this lens, we can see that the writer has gone through an emotional roller coaster, battling sickness and recovering, that God has lifted up this person, perhaps David, maybe someone else, from their lowest point back up to life. This concept is even more apparent when we consider that the prayer is recited in the early morning, when the sun is just beginning to rise, but night is still around us. We need our safe space, and as Rabbi Creditor says, this space is essential. The writer turns back to some flowery, flowery language, much more poetic in style. Sing to the Lord, O ye righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name, for his wrath lasts but a moment, Life is God's will forever. In the evening I lie down weeping, but in the morning I have joy. And I said in my tranquility, I will never falter. These verses reiterate the idea that God wants to be close to us and that we want to be close to God. Only then are we secure. Only then do we have life. It may seem that God has turned away, but God has given us safety and security. We need God's closeness, and that is also God's desire. God doesn't want to be far away from us. In Jewish tradition, there's a prayer that is said at evening time, both on weekdays and in the Shabbat service, entitled Hashki Venu. It's a prayer of peace and protection that echoes the, the elements of the psalm. And I'll read it in Hebrew, and I'll read it and then do line back and forth in Hebrew and English. Hashkivenu Adonai Elohenu Lashalom Vaha Amidenu Malchenu Lachaim. Lay us down, Lord, in peace, and raise us up again, our King, to life. Ufrosalenu Sukat Shlomecha, spread over us your tabernacle of peace. Vataknenu Beitsa Tova Milfanecha, and guide us with your good counsel. Vahoshienu Lamaan Shemecha, save us for your name's sake. Shield us from every enemy, plague, sword, famine, and sorrow. And remove the adversary from before and behind us. Shelter us in the shadow of your wings. Ki el shomrenu umatzilenu ata. God are going out and are coming in and grant us life and peace now and always. 
Baruch atah Adonai, hapurei sukkat shalom aleinu, ve'akol amo Yisrael ve'al Yerushalayim, blessed are you, Lord, who spreads your tabernacle of peace over us and over all his people Israel and Jerusalem. Continuing with Psalm 30, O Lord, with your will, you have set my mountain to be a stronghold. You hid your countenance, and I became frightened. To you, O Lord, I would call, and to the Lord I would supplicate. What gain is there in my blood, in my descent to the grave? Will dust thank you? Will it recite your truth? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. The writer's expressing the feeling that when God turns away, we are scared, we're lonely. But when we are close to God, we have protection, security, and peace. The author reiterates this and tells us that we must praise and thank God for being close, but we can't praise if we are not close to God. Rabbi Creditor says that the sleep or the death that the author writes about is actually a feeling like being in a pit or in a grave, and it's a place where we can't praise, so we have to turn back to God. You have turned my lament into dancing. You loosened my sackcloth and girded me with joy so that my soul will sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will thank you forever. So in Jewish tradition, when somebody is in mourning, you wear dark clothes or in ancient times sackcloth. There's a ribbon, a black ribbon that we wear that we actually tear, symbolically tearing the sackcloth in ashes. So... It that practice still continues to this day. God takes off our mourning clothes so we can be full of joy. That happens after the, there's a whole week of mourning and then it continues for another month. And at that point is when you turn back into, become back into the community. So this is all the reference to that action of the mourning period. This can be interpreted that God has turned back to us or more personally, that we can have turned back to God. God fills our personal space with love, light, peace, and joy. The ancient rabbis wrote that the early prayer books, um, the ancient rabbis that wrote the early prayer books must have felt that the night brought terror, but when the sun rises in the morning, they again had hope and joy, which explains the usage in the early morning prayers. Those kind of emotions that we feel are normal, they're every day, but we are made to praise. In the 1640s, the Westminster Assembly crafted the Westminster Catechism, a document designed to bring the Church of England and the Church of Scotland closer together. Are there any pre former Presbyterians in the room? Because you'll know this. You'll know the answer to this. What, and so the first question of the Westminster Catechism is, what is the chief end of, sorry for the sexist language, man? The answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. So I think that we need to look at Psalm 30 as a personal statement of dedication, that we are the structure, the dedication of the temple, which is each one of us, must happen every day. God is with us. God doesn't want to abandon us. It's okay to feel that God has turned away. It's okay to question. It's okay to argue with God. But we are usually the ones who have turned away. God's desire is to be close to us, and God's desire is us for us to praise. At Thanksgiving, you often hear the phrase, have an attitude of gratitude. But why do we only have to say that at Thanksgiving? This is the attitude that we need to have every day. 
The more we praise God, the closer our relationship will be with the Lord. God is faithful. God will never forget the promises he made to our ancestors generations ago. We may go through tough times and we may go through struggles, but those times are when we should turn closer to God. As Robert Schuller used to say, tough times don't last, but tough people do. The more we praise, the, more, the closer God will be. Praise is what's going to get us through. In these times where schools and houses of worship are threatened, we need to turn to God for protection. God's arms are outstretched, making a Sukkot Shalom, a tabernacle of peace, a shelter of safety. We can and we should weep. We can be angry. But the more that we praise, the closer God will be to us. So my challenge to you today is to be like Patti LaBelle and adopt a new attitude, the attitude of praise. It's who we are. It's how we should live. Hallelujah. May it be so. Amen. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.